What's up, OBR Film Breakdown listeners? Before we get to today's show, just a reminder about the $100 in free bets over at the number one sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook. Use the promo code OBR today to claim that $100 in free bets. Again, that's promo code OBR at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, President Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on 1-1-2023. Unique user identification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the latest on the OBR Film Breakdown podcast. to uh, post-game coverage of the Browns uh, lost to the Buffalo Bills. Um, I was just looking up the final score because I lost track of it and all of that. Um, we'll get to that. We'll cover the final score. Suffice it to say that they lost. Um, they uh, are, uh, they have, I, if, I'm going to bring in Jake Burns and Brad Ward here in a second, but I just want to read a few statistics that I put together out of my frustration at how bad the Browns have been playing. Uh, they have been outscored 70 to 40 since the bye week. Um, they have, uh, gone one and six since starting the season two and one uh five of the ten opponents of the browns this season have scored 30 points or more the browns now have a worse record than all but three afc teams the jacksonville jaguars the uh, las vegas raiders and the houston texans they are six and 12 in their last 18 games and they are 11 and 16 since the beginning of 2021 so uh with all of that let me welcome in uh jake burns and brad ward um, for their perspective on what is another uh, disappointing loss, another game in which the Browns underachieved, and um, uh, hard to imagine what uh, the rest of the season looks like at this point from three and seven. Uh, Jake, uh, your your immediate reaction to today's game? Um, they did make enough winning plays, man. Uh, I thought that they were putting together semblances of drives, putting themselves down the field, moving it relatively effectively, mostly through the air because running the football was absolutely anemic. But, you know, I think if you go back and listen to the pregame show, even the most optimistic of us, so like Andrew, I think you picked them to win. It was like a high-scoring game. They have to score. Like, they, yeah. like I, I think this is a, a funny parallel. You know, I, I see uh, – I have a good friend of mine who's an Iowa fan, and Andrew, you can relate up there where you are and kind of being closer to Iowa. But the Iowa offense is absolutely downright laughable. It's one of the worst in, in, in Division One college football. But the defense and special teams are elite. So, like, people – start to say like there's just this funny notion out there that they that that that, that um uh that they they overcame so much right that the people quit on no people didn't quit on Iowa they knew the defense and special teams would be good but the offense is just laughable for me it's like i know that i know that the the defense is going to be bad for the browns for the most part but they have to have what's supposed to be their best parts show up and and the offense for the last two weeks has just been pretty bad. I don't really know what other way to put it. So when you're in, again, the offensive line was pretty bad. So when your best parts of your team are failing, then you're really, you're just not going to be able to win enough games. Like, and again, we talked about it in the pregame. Like if, if you're uh, running game and, and, and Brad, we talked about it in our 
pregame podcast. They had to run the ball, and they had to defend the run. They didn't either of them. They put all the pressure on Jacoby Brissett. They put all the pressure on their defense, and we saw what happened. So I'm not surprised, guys. I'm not surprised by the outcome whatsoever. Go ahead, Brad. No, I, uh, you know, they they had a chance to make a game of it in the first half, and they, you know, the fumble, a chance to, you know, take control of the game and get in, ahead a little bit, you know, uh, that sets them back. It's those kind of plays. I mean, if you would have told me before the game that they would hold Buffalo to six field goals inside the 20, I'd be like, sweet, you know, awesome. Uh, that's a good chance, but they shouldn't have even had a t- an attempt at six field goals. Um, like you said, they don't make winning, winning plays. plays. Like the, the s- two sneaks in a row, Jacoby Brissett, you can't get one yard. Uh, that's infuriating. from tight ends on the second yep. drive of the game. Harrison two drop touchdowns. times his jump in the back of the end zone in the third quarter. Like, yeah. It's just they don't make the, the onside recovery, right? It's yeah. just like they don't make winning plays. They just don't make them. And it's kind of been that way all year. I mean, dating back all the way back to the Jets game, they mm. stopped making winning plays. And for the most part, they just don't make them. There's like 15 chances to make winnable plays throughout a game. Most NFL games, the expected outcome happens on a lot of plays. Now, the expected outcome varies based on who's calling your plays, whatever, whatever. But if th- there's like 15 plays where somebody overcomes the expected outcome or has to make a catch, or has to make a tackle, or has to make a sack, or make a block, or make a throw, and they just don't make those plays this year. They just don't make them. And, you know, you can say culture. I'm not here to – listen, I'm to the point, guys. I promise, Andrew, I wouldn't rant on this thing. I'm really not. Like, I, I don't <laughs> I, I, I don't care what your opinion is anymore, and I don't care to call anybody wrong. If you want everybody fired, cool. Do your thing. Like, I'm not here to sit here and call you wrong. I'm not there, but I think that they have brought out the worst of everybody's opinions, right? Like, not that that you have bad opinions, but they've brought out an irrational side of everybody at this point. So, and again, irrational opinions means that there's going to be a difference in opinions. So, like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't think anybody's any more wrong than anybody else. You're all frustrated. We're all frustrated. They don't make enough winning plays. And if you want to say that's a byproduct of poor culture – I'm not going to argue with you because I don't have any tangible evidence to argue to the contrary. So they just don't, they're not getting it done. They, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't, they're not getting it done. That's all. That's all I can say. Like there's no special elixir to explain that they don't get, they don't make winning plays. And that just, again, that could be a culture thing. You can call it whatever you want, but they're not making them. Yeah. I think in some, some ways the this game to me is a little more frustrating. I mean, it, it's, it's frustrating to come up, show up off your bye week and get blown out. I think that's pretty frustrating. Um, this is frustrating in a different way because it felt like, you know, Jake, you had a tweet in the first half that Josh Allen didn't, didn't look right at all. And the Bills were really kind of serving this one up uh, to, for the Browns to, to get it under control and, and kind of put it into the sort of game script that they like to play in, being up with two scores and being able to kind of lean on teams with the run game. Um, and the Browns just refused to kind of take that gift uh, like you said, the, the the drop touchdowns by the tight ends, the uh, the the very costly uh, botched uh, snap exchange. I mean, obviously, you don't go into a game planning for your uh, starting center to leave on the first snap, um, and and so that you know that is some adversity. But the the plays were there to be made, and the Bills were ready to make this a game uh, for the Browns, and 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 barely played in the first half, and still it by the end of the game it it looked pretty yeah. easy. You know, I I said. In, in in our slack after the first quarter that you know we've we've all been traumatized now to expect the browns to start 
good. And everybody on, on Brown's Twitter was saying at the end of the first quarter, well, it doesn't matter how good the first quarter was because they're going to, they're, they mm-hmm. will find a way to lose this game. And that is exactly what happened. So there, there's, Even the guy said that to, to your yeah. tweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it, it, you're right. Like, and, and to be fair, sometimes the game script has been immaculate and it's worked out really well. I actually didn't think this one was it worked out very well. They were putting themselves, I think on that first drive, they had yep. two third downs of longer than 10 yards and they've converted right. them. One Jacoby run and another, uh, what was the other one? Maybe a draw, a screen play. I'm not sure, but they put themselves yeah. in a really bad spot and they overcame it and made a couple big throws. And I was kind of like, okay, they can't keep doing this throughout the rest of this game yeah. or it's going to be a bad recipe. And we saw it like, but again, the, the Bills, to your point, somebody just made a comment. They were right for the picking. They came out slow, very slow, very uh, uh, lethargic. The Browns uh, came out, it seemed like, ready to play. And it, it when you looked up at the quarter, at the midway through the second quarter, and you're like, oh, God, this is only 10-3, to 3, and it should have been 21-3, to 3, you're like, yep. that was it. Yep. They had to take advantage because when the Bills got hot, and the Bills got hot right around the uh, the, the point in the game where uh, Josh got swiped by JOK. He got – like JOK was trying to knock the ball out of his hands right at the sideline. He took it as a guy going after his arm. JOK swipes at the ball at everybody. So it wasn't a dirty play, but Bill's people want to consider that a dirty play. It wasn't at all. He was trying to swipe the ball before Josh not a bounce. Josh got pissed. He was better, right? From then on, he was better. The Bills started to say, hey, maybe we should run the football on this NFL yeah. historically poor run defense. They did that. Uh, and, and I think both running backs ran for like 85 yards and it was over from there. Like, but again, to, you, to everyone's point, and especially the way you put it, Andrew, they killed themselves. They they killed themselves. Uh, fourth fourth down failures, two of those, um, and then they had to to uh, didn't have any interceptions, but they had the missed thirty five yard blocked field goal, <laughs> like a trajectory issue. How on earth are these getting blocked on on mid range? Not even mid range, like short field goals. Yeah, that's a short that field gets goal. blocked, and it's like then then uh then the fumble exchange on a hand on, on just a wide zone where it feels like ninety nine point nine percent of fumble exchanges get recovered by the offense. <laughs> it doesn't get recovered by the Brown. It's just like it's 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 the same old stuff, man. Same old stuff. They're not making yeah. winning plays, and they shot themselves in the foot because the defense actually I thought was fine. They they gave up gashed runs, but again, that's like what are you expecting? They did, but they they were relative. Again, that's like the status quo. We want them to be better. I'm just talking about what have they shown us and what am I expecting? They were what I expected. I actually thought they were, in a way, good enough to win this thing. And then two, yeah, like the punt stuff. The punt, the punter Bjorkwes had two terrible punts. They they failed to cover one of them well, and um, I don't know. I just it's it's so frustrating. It's like what they they make the easy difficult. They just make the easy difficult in the NFL, and that's why they're three and seven. Well, and, and given the way that Jacoby Brissett played in this game, and I've said this a few times this season, it's very hard to sit here and credibly say that Deshaun Watson helps them win this game, in my opinion, because, you know, the, those balls that were dropped in the end zone aren't going to be thrown any better than what Jacoby did. You know, there's yeah. there's a, a list of things that he did really well in this game. 300-plus yards passing, three touchdowns. I know a lot of that is garbage time numbers, but... Um, Actually, he, he most of a- it was before Andrew. I mean, he was at like 250 before the fourth quarter. So I'm not, I'm not disagreeing right. with you. He did pass oh, no, stats, no, yeah. but like yeah. he was good. Yeah. It was an elite Jacoby game. Would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I think this is. I mean, considering the quality of the opposition, I think this is probably his best game of the season. Yeah, yeah um, I would agree. And and I I think that makes the future of this team even harder to parse because you can try and sit here and say, well, they've got Deshaun Watson coming back in two weeks. Well. 
I, I don't know that that solves the problems that this team has right now. Brad? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, not this team. It's not like Watson will give you a better chance to win just because he's a better player in general and not just as far as like just throws like he's an all-around better player um he may also bring a you know a confidence and and a spark to this team that they need right now uh potentially uh and that may be a factor but to your point like yeah you can't ask Jacoby to do anything more he did his damnedest to keep this team in the in the game uh he put throws where they needed to be he to Jake's point, he overcame kind of a a slow run game, bad script to start the game to make some really nice throws. Amari made a nice catch. I mean, they they overcame some things where they were in a position to take a lead. What it, it should have been like seventeen three or whatever. Or you said twenty one three. If if they capitalize on their opportunities, uh, they they just and I don't think it's a culture thing, guys. I think that you have to go out initially and have individuals on your team that will make winning plays and then everybody else has to follow. So like if you don't get like an initial like on a def- on a defense, if you don't have like a couple guys that will make winning plays in the clutch and then people follow you then or you start to like the Jets game was like you guys as somebody was pointing out since the Jets game it's been all bad losing mm-hmm. plays. I think it might have been you, Jake, or Andrew, when you guys said that. But, yeah, because, like, that's what they're used to, right? Like, that's what they saw. It's in their head now, and then it's, like, backwards. And, and like I said, I can't totally blame the defense because they were awful against the run, but that's what we expected. They kept them out of the end zone. That's kind of what I was asking them for. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know. To your point, this team itself isn't going to be a ton better with Watson, but ultimately this defense needs a rework. Prefer needs fired. I mean, the guys, be honest, special teams does nothing right. They really don't. They, they rarely get it right uh, on all the little things. And I guess he's really like focused on attention to detail. People have told me, (laughs) I don't know how, because they miss on a ton of stuff like 34 yard third times kicks been blocked because of trajectory first two were long this one's a chip shot i don't know at some yep. point you got to keep guys hands down at the line i mean that's yeah. part of kicking a field goal yeah, yeah the special teams have been bad since you know I, I i take it all the way back to the botched punt uh against the chiefs that let the chiefs back into the game back uh, week one last year and they, they they haven't improved. And so, um, you know, he's this is his fourth year here. There's certainly no reason that he should be here any longer. You know, I think there was a lot of people, you know, uh, bantering back and forth on Twitter during the game once things got out of control of, of you know, the, the, the age-old question of what sense does it make to fire somebody now versus the end of the season. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, we can have that discussion if you want. We talked about it pregame. You know, uh, we were anticipating, I think, the defensive performance being a little worse than it was. Um, But certainly, I think we can have the same conversation about the special teams coordinator. I don't know what is gained by keeping him around for another six games or seven games. But um, it it feels it it feels like overall, you know, I mean, to to take this to the to the bigger picture. uh, Jake, you you mentioned that you're not there in terms of getting rid rid of Kevin Stefanski. I'm not either. But I'm certainly willing to listen to the arguments a lot more than I was a few weeks ago um, when, when they were in the middle of that, uh, what, five game losing streak, uh, four game losing streak. They, they were, um, you know, th- there were legitimate 
criticisms of Stefanski, but I think that the, the, the rational take was stick, stick with him, stay the course, let him get his quarterback in. He's an offensive uh, game plan and play calling genius. You know, let's see him with a good quarterback and let's see what they can unlock for the rest of the team. And I think that argument still holds water, but I think that the, the voices, the dissenting voices that say that he does not have the respect, the, the command of this locker room or this team sound a lot more credible to me when they're sitting at three and seven and continue to be the sort of team that looks more like a losing team than a winning team. I, I mean, I still, I still don't think I would fire him. I mean, I, re- I really don't. Like, I, I know sure. that's what you said too. I just, I can't get moved to that point. Like, I, I really can't get moved that like there based on what I think he. I mean, I guess I get it too. I, I'm, I'm willing. I, I don't have an answer. Like, I kind of right. retweeted somebody right. and said, I think "That's what I'm saying." Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know, man. I, if you think that just the next guy is going to be it, I, maybe I guess. But that's like, I guess I think the baseline of Stefanski, if you improve the, the, the performance, collective performance of his coordinators would be better not to say Kevin's infallible and they're not, they're clearly not doing things perfectly on offense. Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's without question, but I would like to see him get another run at hiring a defensive coordinator and a, and a run at a full season with Watson. And I'm not going to be moved off that this year. I just would rather give it another year. I don't think he's a bad coach. I do think that he has a motivation issue at times. So um, with that, with that considered, like, I think you could say he needs somebody pretty fiery to run the defense. I right. think as a yin to the yang that he is as a head coach who can motivate that. Because I think that, that running your head through a wall motivationally isn't always a great part of an overall offense. You kind of want your offense to be very calm, collected, gathered, precise about all that stuff. But as far as motivating the team, we only see very small glimpses of Kevin. He might lay into them at halftime. He might be going crazier behind the scenes than we know he really might but again we don't know that and we don't know how he kind of like we know the canned responses you get in press conferences which i get it it's not everybody's cup of tea you want him to yell at people at press conferences i guess i get it but um we don't really know behind the scenes he might be pretty fiery at those things that motivate but um the guy running the defense i think joe woods shares a pretty similar demeanor and I do think defense is pretty motivation-based, uh, probably more motivation-based than we want to admit. And mm-hmm. in that, I think they could use somebody who's a little bit of a counterbalance to the voice that Kevin has. So, I mean, again, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, you want a clean house? You're an absolute moron. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is my perspective. I would rather them give Kevin a chance at hiring another defensive coordinator, just like Sean Payton got, just like, because if you recall, Sean Payton, yep. I wrote a whole article on this thing, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a good example. Okay. Can an offensive minded play caller head coach win a Super Bowl? Well, he has a pretty dang good quarterback uh, in his first year in New Orleans, and they go to the playoffs. They reach the divisional round. Um, and then, and then the next two years are average eight and eight, seven and nine. He fires his head, his defensive coordinator and brings in Greg Williams, who we all know is pretty fiery. <laughs> I'm not calling for Greg Williams, but like, it's pretty obvious that he's a different approach to coaching his side of the football than Kevin does. And they won the Super Bowl the next year. Right. And they yep. continued to have really nice runs until bounty gate. And he had to make another change. But my point is like, I would, I would prefer to give Kevin a chance to write the ship defensively and special teams wise. And um, 
I think the moment I would get really concerned, Andrew, is if they didn't do that this offseason. If they if yep. they didn't do that sort of stuff, if they didn't remove those guys, I would get pretty concerned about all right, this is just a buddy system. Like I, I mm-hmm. would just get pretty concerned. That's when I would get concerned. I'm pretty uh uh I think I have a pretty good feel for what I'm expecting this team to do the rest of the year based on who they have and where they're at. I think they need to change a voice at some important positions in the coaching staff. And if they can, if they do that, then I think they've got a chance to be pretty good next year. I, I do. So, um, you know, but that's, that's sort of where I'm at this year, I guess. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have the answer. No, I'm and not I don't call I, anybody else wrong. I'm really not. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, it's me, Jake, telling you again about the fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign-up bonus. Now, again, reminder, you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when, when it's a go-live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign-up bonus by using the promo code OBR. Very simple. Just OBR. Get that sign-up bonus, right? Get $100 in free bets. Just have to download the FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use. I already do it for some of the shows that I do on Sundays just to look at lines and give advice. Download that app. Ohio, it's your chance to get in on the action. Join today. Again, promo code OBR. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Again, the disclaimer, 21 and older. Going to be present in Ohio. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't think that we want to sit here and have the argument because I think we're all on the same side, uh, you know, of, of, of this, you know, conversation. But I think it's, I think it's what my, my point is more that you know the NFL is 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 such a unique business because there's very few games, and so the the they're they're entering now the danger zone of being at the bottom of the league, being a team that is not competitive week to week. And um, I know that the last two opponents have been tough. They've got a tough game against, next week against Tampa Bay. The schedule eases up a little bit with Watson coming back, but you've got some divisional games still. My point is. When you get into this water where you're talking double-digit losses, weird things happen, right? This, this is where the NFL is is kind of unlike other uh, sports where things really can kind of get out of control. 
Um, you started to see it last year um, with that, uh, you know, the, the effort from uh, the offense against the Steelers and on that Monday night game. It, it, these things take on a life of their own and things that you don't think are possible or even advisable start, suddenly jump onto the table. And I think to your point, Jake, it, it feels pretty predictable where we're, where we're headed. But I, I just think that the, the, the constant losing really puts a, a, a texture on this that could get interesting. You know, I, I mean, the thing that I always hearken back to is two years ago, it was obvious, three years ago, it was obvious that Freddie Kitchens was going to be fired. No one thought John Dorsey was leaving. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the things get bad enough and one meeting goes wrong and John Dorsey's out the door the next day too. And now they're, they're, they're at the complete reboot. So um, they put themselves I, in this position though, Andrew, like I wouldn't be stunned by anything. They've put themselves. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's like, exactly yeah, what I'm saying. That's exactly yeah, I what I'm I don't, saying. nothing about what the Browns ever do will ever surprise me. Like I can't, <laughs> the only time I've been surprised in the last seven or eight years is when Watson decided to come to Cleveland. That was the most yeah, jaw dropping moment I've had as a Browns absolutely. fan. Um, yeah. But and, uh, and but nothing from point, this is this is what I'm saying is it's Jimmy Haslam it's you know yeah. and I'm not I'm not asking for it I think the best thing they can do is run it all back one more year with the changes that you talked about I agree with you 100 yeah. Jake but I just you know the, as no, you I'm said, not they, here I'm not here to be right or wrong brother I'm just here to share my opinion like I yeah. think you I they could do anything and I mm-hmm. would not I would not be surprised by it so yeah, um, yeah. Brad I'm they curious put, to hear they put themselves there yeah go ahead Brad. Uh, no, I, I I agree with both you guys. I mean, I want to see Stefanski get an opportunity to work with Watson, and I would like to. I, I like, I I like Stefanski. I you know you can call me whatever you want to call me. I, I like him as a coach, um, and I think that you know he hasn't been perfect by any means, and he's had tough times. At, you know, he's had some tough moments this year and last year. But uh, I like what he is as uh, an offensive mind, and I like what he is as an overarching leader for this team. So I'm cool with him getting more time. I would like to see him get more time. As you guys said, I would like to see it under a different uh, defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator. I would almost – guys, why, they should just fire Prefer today. Like for, for – like literally – for like to save face with some of the players like at least you could walk in the locker room and be like listen you know i mean what what leg do they have to stand on in the special special teams unit and i'm not trying to say like mike prefer doesn't deserve as many second chances as everybody else but like to make an example of somebody if it's smart tough accountable like at some point you maybe you need to do something drastic to get the player's attention uh, and maybe we're at that point, and he seems like a guy that's expendable because they don't do shit right in special teams. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. it's like the question is, I, I guess my question is this, like, is, is, is I don't think Prefer's design and structure is terrible here. It feels like a massive execution thing. Yeah. To me, more than anything else with specials, it's a, it's an execution thing. Everybody's listen. Everybody's doing a lot of similar things, special teams wise. You can only get so creative with the boxed in rules that you have anymore. But I feel like the players um, not getting it done. Uh, it's like, I guess it's like, how would the players feel? Would they feel like hell yeah, we got rid of an idiot, or would they? Because we at the outside look at the results and we're like, that guy's terrible. But would the players be like, we got that guy fired? You know what I'm saying? Like, because we didn't do what we were supposed to do. And again, like, 
it's a bottom line business and that's how it goes. I just lean toward guys and this might not be popular. I don't think they'd be crazy for doing it, but I do lean toward it's going to happen in the off season. Like that's when they're going to yep. do all this stuff because yep. there's going to be an overhaul of a lot of different looking things. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I just that's that's where I lean now. Yeah, I could be wrong tonight. They can make a firing tonight, but it, it probably will. That. It yeah, probably will. But it just feels like, you know, I'm with know. you. I, you're not wrong. None of us are wrong in terms of like we should remove these. I do think certain some of these guys are going to be removed when it comes down to it. Like there, there's not a doubt in my mind at this point that they're going to remove those two. I just I guess I don't know, and may- maybe there's more to be gained. We talked about it in the pregame. I'm not, I'm not like opposed to the idea of firing people in season, but I guess you got to look at like what is to gain. And I think special teams, it's hard, really hard to be like, you know, because the, the, their special teams is usually run by one guy, and then there's there's no real assistant special teams coach. You know what I mean? Right. Like there are a bunch of guys who could call the defense because they're intricately involved in the defense and, and all of that, but. For the most part, you got to get a guy that's now wholly in charge of your special teams. Everyone being where it's just, I, I yeah. don't know. Logistically, I it might not it. make sense. If, yeah, these guys might beat Tampa next week, and it, they might be four and seven, and they might have a chance to make a run at the end. I don't know. I, I the season certainly is over, but it's like mm. it, there are games that they can still win, and maybe they do win some games. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think that I feel like more than anything else. I mean, I don't expect them to lose every game the rest of the way. I really don't. So I think they're going to win some games. It's just I hope that some of these games that they do win, um, because, again, I don't expect them to go three and – what is it now, three and 14? I don't expect them to do that, but I don't want those wins to make them feel like they should keep certain people, right? Like right. just because right. they won four of the last six, now they should keep the defense together because it's humming or something like that. Like that's no. a fear. So – I see both sides of that argument is my 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 long winded uh, long winded point, but but yep. I just don't think. Hey, Prefer's gone, and then next week the special teams is just fixed. I guess is like, yeah, is so, that's you know? my right. that's my fear you know. too. Like I don't want them to be like Wood should be in Barry's mind. Wood should be gone. He should be done. And he should have reworking a plan, back channeling a way to get yeah. his next DC and and looking at players that fit with whoever they choose. Da 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 da. It, their performance down the stretch should in no way impact his. You know what I mean? Uh, if they if they all of a sudden start playing good defense in a couple of games down the stretch, I know people are like, "Oh wait, wait, maybe we should keep Woods." No, right. he should have that decided now. Look at where you are right now and, and make that. Uh, it has to be strong that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I missed this earlier, but I just want to shout out Superfly Rob for subscribing for ten months in a row. Thank you. Uh, to Superfly Rob for doing that. Um, we appreciate everybody's support showing up uh, after a, another disappointing loss. Um, it, it gets hard at this point. They're three and seven. As Jake said, the season is over. They're, uh, what, four and a half games out of the division lead now. Um, the wild card is is out because they've lost to literally every team <laughs> that they would uh, be competing for a wild card spot with. So um, they're, they're looking uh, at a, a postseason at home for the second year in a row. Uh, really all that is left to look forward to over the balance of the season, I, in my mind, is what Deshaun Watson looks like um, with Kevin Stefanski's offense and, and how the team responds, uh, to Brad's point earlier, um, to Deshaun Watson being the quarterback, if he is able to raise the temperature of this team some. And, um, you know, I think it's disappointing. I think we all wanted uh, to give the team a chance to see Watson playing for something. 
Uh, it's going to be challenging. Certainly, if uh, Ethan, Ethan Posich is out for the rest of the year, they're going to be running out a third-string center of some description, uh, either uh, – well, I guess Michael Dunn's on IR, so it's pretty much Froholt at this point. Um, mm. Or, you know, I maybe Dawson Deaton off the practice squad. It's hard to know what they'll do there. That'll be one of the questions that we'll have to answer this week. Uh, but I just want to get uh, just quickly, um, Jake and, and Brad, your thoughts. Uh, go to you, Jake, on – on is there anything else to look for this season? Is it pretty much just what does Watson and Stefanski look like? Yeah, I guess that, and we're measuring effort, right? We're measuring, um, you know, uh, like how much, I mean, how, how bought in are some of these guys to the to the yeah. overall goal the rest of the year? Because if you notice a bunch of guys, you know, playing haphazardly, it's like, okay, do they are they buying into the message? It's sometimes it's sometimes hard to see so i mean i don't know man it's a really bleak it's bleak in terms of like again i've talked about this kind of a lot this year expectations based right like you would feel a lot better i think i think if the defense was playing lights out almost tennessee titans like lights out defense and you could see hey man week 11 they finally get a quarterback back i feel bad for jacoby Brissett because he's playing his butt off all all year hard as he can possibly play and everybody is just looking forward to when he's not playing anymore and it's like god that sucks because this guy deserves he deserves like to be remembered by browns fans for what he's done here he's he's played so well he's not been perfect there's been games he's left stuff on the field and, and i get that but like for what he was asked to do in a tough situation it's been so admirable and like all we're doing is looking forward to the time that he's not playing because we want to see Watson, in which you're not wrong. Like I get it. Watson's a special quarterback when you, you see him on a football field, but like, it's just tough like that, man. And it's like, okay, so you can't, you can uh, look forward to the, like everything just getting fixed with Watson. If you had some hope about that, that would be something to look forward to. And right. I, I just have this fear of Watson coming out slow, which is, more than likely going to be the outcome and mm-hmm. everybody just going all the way off the deep end on all of this. And you don't have a first round pick. You don't have a ton of cap room in the off season after the new contracts kick in to make a ton of moves. So it is, um, it's one of the darker times to be a Browns fan. I'm just going to be point blank honest. You don't have a ton of hope for the future right now. You don't have a ton of assets to uh, be gigantic players in free agency in the draft. And, um, you don't have the arrival of a quarterback you think is going to, and I think Watson can help to Brad and Brad's point earlier. And I've stressed it many times. I do think there are angles in which Watson can help, but you don't have the savior to the biggest woes on the team coming to fix it. So uh, it's tough. It's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. I think we're seeing it across the board. People aren't as interested in the team and I don't blame anybody for feeling that way. Right. It's, it's, um, it's, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. I, I think it's a really no, hard that's... time for Browns fans. I, I think, and I think you're, and they're I losing think games in brutal fashion. They're like, yeah, they're just they're losing games in a way that I, I've had four people text me. This is no exaggeration. Four people text me today and say this is their least favorite Browns team in a long time. Like even yeah, le- right. like less than the zero and sixteen and one and fifteen renditions. Mm-hmm. Like because they, they have no identity and they have yeah. no heart, it, or they yeah. don't show it at least. Yeah. I just thought the perfect example of that today was was Grant Delpit on that third down flip to the flat to Dawson Knox, like. Just it's third and 11, over. and it's like <laughs> it's third and 11. It's a flip off from the quarterback to the tight end because he doesn't want to get hit on a rush, and you've got to get a tight end to the ground with five yards to spare, and he just lets him get back inside and run past him, and it's like, what the hell, man? Like, yep. how do you let the 
does Antoine Winfield miss that tackle? Like, what do you, how do you no. miss that tackle? Like in what world is, I, it's just, there's, there's those, those plays that are in that one. And the, 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 the Harrison Bryant jump failed to get the second <laughs> foot down because he jumped like fading away instead of yep. going straight yep. up and down. Like he, he was trying to fall out of away. And it's like, yeah, I just feel yep. like I can't help but feel like guys, if Bryant goes somewhere else, Yep. Delpit goes somewhere else. John Johnson, I've seen him somewhere else. These guys play well. And it's like, what yep. about this uniform and being here is is causing the issue? I don't I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brad, I'm interested to hear your your thoughts on seven games left. They're three and seven. Season's pretty much over. What what are you looking forward to seeing the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, it would be really nice to get a win next week so we could at least pretend like some of these games <laughs> mattered a little bit for Watson. I mean, you could say, hey, yeah. we're not mathematically eliminated. Hey, what if right. Watson catches fire, runs the table, and and just hope. The yeah. hope in itself, I wrote a little bit about today, just hope in itself gives you a little bit of life right to come out and maybe play some of these games down the stretch uh like they matter now it's going to be important to evaluate around you know i think offensively we're okay evaluation wise but you really like to jake's point in your point you want to identify things that you want to keep on this defense and like jok today despite uh Everything around him, JOK was everywhere and fantastic yes. and never lacks effort. And we know he's a special player, but just to further you, you use that as an example, he is obviously a guy you want to be a, a core of your defense moving forward uh, in some fashion, right? Uh, yep. He's a special dude. So stuff like that, uh, you can still be gleamed from this season and should be, right? The way people perform – to uh, the idiot that was calling the game on CBS's uh, point at the end of the game, although he was making a completely different point uh, about effort and whatnot and playing to the end of the game, uh, in a different sense, the Browns need to evaluate that way as well. Who is going to remain bought in and play all the way through, and that should be some sort of a baseline for a decent culture moving forward. Yeah, uh, for my part, looking forward to the rest of the season, I think, you know, the return of Watson, uh, we've talked about it a few times. Uh, one thing that it could do is raise the temperature of the team because he is the franchise quarterback in waiting at this point. Um, and, you know, I, I think it'll always be an open question how much the season was affected by his suspension getting handed down and then extended. 
uh, to almost double its length to 11 games. Uh, not to relitigate any of that, but how did that affect the team and what they thought they could achieve this season? Um, and so one of the things that I will be interested to see over those last six games is how does the team play overall? Because I think the concern, as I'm sitting here listening to Jake and, and Brad talk and, and lo- looking at the comments, I think the concern that I have is that right now the Browns have a quarterback that's playing pretty well uh, and, an, and, a, and an okay offense that, that is inconsistent. And I want to see that change when Watson comes back. I want to see the team be more than just that, because if that's all the team is, then I think that is a fair question to ask how much of that is the responsibility of the head coach. I have no argument. I have no argument. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know guys. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do think, I do think when they analyze the season, you all look forward to the season. I think they thought they'd be about five and five at this point. And I think we can all agree they should be five and five at this point. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they should, and they blew those chances. Like they, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I was I think I'm going to not do that show next yeah. year because it is becoming yeah. like a unfortunate predictor of what's it's eerie. It it's been eerie. eerie two years in a row. I actually yeah. haven't listened. I haven't listened to it in a while. So I think I'm going to go back and re-listen to it. Um, hey, yeah. to, uh, to lighten things up. Did you see the way the jets lost today? I did. I did. Do you look like a missed block in the back to me? Jets are six and four though. That'd be fun. Wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they were pretty, they were pretty crushed on Twitter. I mean, punt return to, to with uh, five yeah. seconds left to lose. Yeah. Hey, have they ever lost on a blocked kick? That's gotten run back. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah. Right? True. Anyway, let's wrap this sucker up. We've got, we've yep. said enough. Um, no, we're done. You know. We're done. I, I appreciate everybody for joining us. Uh, we had a great support again, despite the fact that the Browns are very disappointing. So thank you so much. We have the best fans, um, the OBR specifically and Browns fans generally. And we really appreciate all of your support. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night for Monday uh, Rewind. Uh, Mike Keefe will be leading a different group of people through basically the same depressing conversation. Um, we will have full coverage this week uh, on the, across the OBR of uh, what went wrong in Detroit. Um, and, and, and we're really pivoting, as you've seen. We, we saw Brad wrote an article this weekend about defensive coordinator candidates. We're really trying to have one foot in this season and one foot in to next season, uh, Jack Duffin had a great piece about what the 2023 roster might look like. So stick with us at the OBR because, uh, you know, we're going to cover the Browns no matter what happens. And and um, if you're starting to wonder about what's going to happen next year, we will have that information for you as well. So for Brad Ward, for Jake Burns, thank you both fellas for joining me. Thank you to all of you out there. Thank you to Ian McBride behind the scenes. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night. Until then, uh, I guess go Browns. I don't know, man. Uh, have a <laughs> nice guess. rest of your day, everybody. Go have a good night. Yeah, Go Browns, go. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Wasn't that what Kareem Hunt's dad said last year? This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.